because I kept thinking throughout this, I was like, this is so good because Robin Hood is the at the center of the story. It's all about him mm-hmm. and we understand why he's doing what he's doing, which never happens in the Russell Crowe version. Robin Hood is completely peripheral to everything that's going on. You but could be watching another we've character. We've discussed that that is a terrible movie. Yeah, yeah. This is not... But it... In you know, you've got a con- it's a contrast. You know, it's, they've taken the same material, the same public domain character, and they did something awful. And I think these guys have done something great. And I don't understand why everyone's being so mean. Yes. For all your posturing, all your little speeches, you're nothing but a common thief. I am an exceptional thief, Mrs. McCain. Hi everybody, I'm Sam. Welcome back to the Exceptional Thieves podcast, a show where Isaac and I review and rewrite movies. On this episode, we race home from the movies to talk about 2018's Robin Hood. And god damn it, neither of us could believe it, but we actually liked it. So if you're in the mood for two bold free thinkers going against the grain and explaining why Otto Bathurst's Robin Hood is actually a good film, then you are in the right place. Spoilers ahead. If you've been enjoying the podcast, you can connect with us on Twitter at at ExceptionalPod. It's really great to get feedback on the podcast, even if it's less constructive comments like Could you have different voices? Or Have you considered reviewing classical chamber music instead? Or Have you considered stopping? Just, just stopping this, please. Or just always great to hear from the fans. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy. Red leather, yellow leather. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck I'll tell you what, there was a lot of red and yellow leather in that film. There was not much leather, though. Welcome to Segwayland. Oh, yay. Ten points to Gryffindor. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Exceptional Thieves podcast, the podcast where Isaac and I review and rewrite movies. Yep. And we just saw Robin Hood, the latest Robin Hood, starring Taron Egerton. I think it is Egerton. Egerton. Yeah, or Egerton. It's not a name... No, it's not a name. I think somebody made that up. It's not a name destined for Hollywood, is it? Well, apparently, it is. It sounds like a... It's like a bumblesnort cabbage patch sort of thing. True, yeah. Mm. yeah. Sometimes you go, if you go far enough with the names, you come out the other side. Yeah. And, you know, and you're one of those dudes like, with the name. At one end of the spectrum, you've got your Chris Evanses. Yeah. And then names get weirder and weirder. And there's a lull in the middle of people who are never going to be famous. And then... The, Fucking George Clooney. And then, exactly. That's a regular name that no one needs. And then the names get weirder and weirder. And then you, you, your Cumberbatches and your Egertons. Mm. And I need a third one to really make this point land. Um, I don't know. It's much easier to think of people at the other end of the spectrum. Will Smith. Are, Will Smith is a very... Will Smith. Will Smith. Will Smith sounds like your accountant. Yeah. Mm. Like Brad Pitt, your personal Brad trainer. Brad Pitt, yeah. 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 It's very easy to find very regular yeah. names. Imagine meeting someone whose name was Brad Pitt. And if it wasn't for Brad Pitt, you just think you wouldn't look twice. No. You wouldn't blink. Mr. Pitt. Brad. Mr. Pitt. But also meeting people called Brad. It sounds, it sounds like a high school teacher, doesn't it, weird. Mr. Pitt? 
Mr. Pitt sounds like a high yes, school teacher. Yes, Mr. Pitt. But any adult named Brad. Take or leave it. Don't <laughs> take or leave that person. <laughs> do you want to meet? <laughs> do you want to meet Brad? Not really. Not, no, Not is really. It Brad or Bradley? Bradley. And don't tell me. Bradley Cooper. Good move going Bradley, not Brad Cooper. Oh, Brad Cooper. Brad Cooper. Brad Cooper sounds like a used car salesman. Brad Cooper, the real estate agent that nobody trusts. <laughs> He's got little signs on like park benches. Brad, Brad Cooper, the real estate agent, is always speaking with a faint hint of desperation in his voice. <laughs> he sweats. He sweats. All the time. On cold days. All the time. You can, he's wearing a suit so you can't see it, but you can tell. He's sweating. But like Brad Cooper is like that character in The Simpsons. He's like, oh, it's all going to come together for old, whatever his name is. This is going to be, it's going to be it for Brad. Oh, boy. And then the and deal then falls through. Yeah. And he loses his job again. And his wife leaves him. So we saw Robin Hood. We left the cinema... Not 20 minutes ago? About 20 minutes. I said, don't say anything. Save it. Got to say it on mic. Mm-hmm. And We're currently on mic. We're now. We, oh, God, I hope so. Yeah, I think we are. <laughs> um, and, well, laying some groundwork. Yep. I always prefer to do these as soon as we can when the film comes out. Mm-hmm. So there's no preconceptions. We don't, and we sit down immediately afterwards to talk about it, so you don't get a chance to read reviews or anything. So then your views are very much just, this is how I felt in the film. Yeah. And you can't be accused of jumping on a bandwagon or anything. Mm-hmm. Before we start, spoilers. Just got you got to. Oh it. yeah, so complete spoilers for this film. We're going to spoil the film for. We're going to spoil the hell out of it because the film sort of spoiled things for me. But no, it's yeah, fine. but mm-hmm. no, that's what this podcast is. So. Yeah. If you haven't picked up on that by now, um, so yeah, absolutely. I apologize for ruining films for you. Yeah, but then this is not. But now I'd heard a lot about this film before going I, into it. I purposely didn't. And the consensus was, this is not a good film. Mm-hmm. This is very bad, bad movie. The world had said. Okay. Twenty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, I believe. I don't care about that. I think we have to look at it with very strong limitations. It means something, but not everything. Um, And now we've seen it ourselves at last. Mm -hmm. Isaac, what do you think? What do you think about about Robin Hood? I had a lot of fun. The 2018 action fantasy epic Robin Hood. I had a lot of fun. It was probably one of the worst um, versions of Robin Hood I've ever seen. And I've seen Kevin Costner play Robin Hood. What's the best version of Robin Hood? Men in Tights, obviously. Or the Disney version. Disney's pretty great. The Disney... Is that Sword in the Stone? No, Robin Hood. What would... The Sword in the Stone is a completely different film. Is... And, oh, the Robin Hood is the animals one. He's a fox, yeah. Yes, okay, right. I, for some reason, I was getting... I think because in Sword of the Stone, fox. they turn into animals a lot. So they're getting... There is con- magic in the Sword They get of confused the stone, in yeah. my mind. Okay. Yeah. Same era. Yeah. Yeah, the, so like, yeah, the animated one is great. So it goes Men in Tights, Men animated. Tights, animated. And then probably the original, like, 1950, whatever it was. The Errol Flynn. Errol, Errol Flynn. Mm-hmm. That's a man right there. The Orlando and then this. of the 20s. Then this. And then this before Kevin Costner. Then Kevin Costner. I can't think of any other versions of Robin Hood. Oh, Isaac. Are oh. you missing the timeless mm. Ridley Scott classic? I'm going to put that after Kevin Costner. The 2010 <laughs> cinematic landmark Robin Hood starring Russell Crowe. Yes, yeah, I, I forgot about that, that film until yeah. you mentioned it right yeah. now. You know who else did? Everyone, Everyone including <laughs> Russell Crowe. 
first, like, I mean, for him, it's selective memory on purpose. The rest of us couldn't help it. I watched that film the other night, kind of as research leading into this. I yep. because I feel very, I'm very familiar with Prince of Thieves, uh-huh. and I thought we did a Robin Hood not that long ago, and it's terrible. Yeah. Do you see it? Well, so is Prince of Thieves. Um, no, it's not. Kevin Costner. Yeah. It's terrible. He's no, American. it's not. Yeah. He's so? American. And Leave it alone. The movie is terrible. Leave it alone. It's great. See, his best work, as we it's... all know, is Waterworld. Yeah, sure. Which is fine. Sure. And sure. it would just miss the mark. I mean, apart from his wonderful role as Superman's father, obviously. Well, yeah. Which... His I mean, if anyone's been... rememberable role. <laughs> Unbelievable! I mean, if any, I mean, you know, if we're talking about supporting supporting actor Oscar snubs, <laughs> Ugh. Ugh, <poor> Kev. <laughs> no, I think <laughs> I think Prince of Thieves is fine. You have got Alan Rickman being full Alan Rickman. Um, what's his name? His name is Morgan Freeman. No, not Morgan Freeman. The other one, not um, Christian Slater, gets an arrow through his hand, and it's like not a big deal. Um, you got Morgan Freeman in there, just being full Morgan Freeman. Um, but it's not a good movie. What's Kevin Costner gets off the boat and he like grabs the soil that he's back home, back in England. Oh, it's great. Yeah, but then it's Men and Tights did it better, and fun, and better. I watched Men, Robin Hood Men in Tights. I watched about two thirds of it, and then after not laughing once. How many times have you seen it before? Zero. I've seen all of it. Never. And I saw two thirds of it, and I was like, "I get, I get, what you're doing, and just, how fantastic just it is." None of this is particularly funny. You're entitled to your opinions, I understand, but these, in this case, yeah. you are incorrect. You know, I'm not, I'm not putting this forward as 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 correct. I'm putting it forward as your opinion, as 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 a fact. Mm, see, when I'm you in. say that, Sam, <laughs> it hurts me. It's fine. It's fine. So I I don't particularly care for Men in Tights. I'm a big fan of Prince, of Prince of Thieves, but I think my affection for Prince of Thieves is another one of those like films you see as a child and lodges inside you, and so see, you, you have a softer critique of it forever from then on. That's where you should have seen Men in Tights when you were a child. I don't know. It turns out I had a very serious childhood. Apparently you had a very... <laughs> <laughs> my parents sorry, just put on man. Prince of Thieves and they're like this is it this is this Robin is, Hood this is all there is of Robin there Hood there are no other versions of you Robin see the Hood. beginning where he, tr- he offers to have his hand cut off yeah that's what life is like Sam get with it um, Alan Rickman saying I want his heart on a plate no I'll take his no, I think he says I want his heart on a plate I'll, or I'll scoop his tongue out with a spoon is another there line, is he the says. tongue out with a spoon no eyes no no He's telling, he wants something on he a does, plate. He does. He threatens with a spoon yeah. numerous times. Yeah, which is which is good. That's it good. is good. But spoons are not sharp. I know. That's why it would hurt. Okay. Think how aggressive you would have to be to sever something with a spoon. I guess you've got to really want that tongue. Mm. Well, who does? And it would take a long time as well. But also because the tongue would be retracting, like in there, like. Like, you'd have to hold it. Yeah, and yeah. anything that you're holding on that tongue, so that tongue's going to slip out of that. You're going to, well, no, you need... You'll um, have to pierce the tongue to hold it in place. Red hot tongs is what you need. So red hot so tongs... So that they burn themselves going to, to the tongue. cauterize themselves onto the tongue uh-huh. to haul it out far enough. Someone else is holding the head so the head doesn't move forward. Yeah. And then you just get in there with that spoon, bro. Just and get just... to work. <laughs> just get to work being yeah. a bad guy with that spoon. Probably have a couple of spoons 
because it would probably bend just at the end of the handle. You know how that when you spoons, try to scoop ice cream, yeah, mm. when you try to use a spoon as a muscle, and, and then there is no spoon. It does, yeah. it does the matrix thing, and then exactly. you point to your dad <laughs> and, and like, say, "Hey, dad, the matrix." <laughs> yeah, God damn it, there is no spoon. And then exactly, and then you're like, "Can I have another spoon for the ice cream?" Little... And they're like, "Sam, there is no spoon. You've used all the spoons." Exactly. And then that little bald kid makes some stuff fly and. Yeah, Matrix. and we're like, could you fly some more spoons in? And he's like, that's not how it works. There are no spoons. Yeah, mm. uh, they're like, yeah, no, there were. Could you could you unbend these spoons though? So then there would be spoons. Is a spoon still a spoon if it's bent like that? Like, when does it stop? I being mean, a spoon? like, once he bent all the spoons, right? Did Oprah ever get angry at him for bending all of her cutlery? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to eat. We can't. <laughs> we can't eat. We can't have Chinese every night. <laughs> I'm sick of chopsticks, man. Chopsticks don't work with soup, Theodore. I'm not, I'm not Chinese. <laughs> Just once, I want to sit down with a knife and fork. You get a bent spoon, you yeah. get a bent spoon. We know you can bend them back. <laughs> That's your whole thing. You bent it and bent it back. That's your whole deal, um, last airbender. Why can't you just... <laughs> I'm sick of going to buy more spoons. <sighs> Didn't care that much for Men in Tights. Prince of Thieves, I've got a lot of time for, but probably because imprinted from childhood. The Russell Crowe Robin Hood is unbelievably bad. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. They've got, a, they've got a real Newt Scamander problem. Where the I'm whole time, I'm like, why is Robin Hood in this, in this film? And in what way is he Robin Hood? The, we were, was watching it with Emma, and she gets very irritated with how much I yell sometimes at the screen. But I was like, what's going on in this film? Why is why is like why is he there? And she's like, well, it's setting up the world. You know, they're setting up characters. They're setting it all up. I'm like, we're 45 minutes in. Yeah, we're 45 minutes in. Robin Hood's things are that he's good at robbing, and he's good at bows and arrows, mm-hmm. and he has a strong moral code. It's, Robin yes. Hood in that film. Okay, spoilers for 2010 Robin Hood. And if don't you haven't see watched it, it, don't. If you haven't watched it, don't. He does one good bow and arrow at the end of the movie after it not being established that he's good at it at all. They steal from the rich once and they steal some grain which they then plant in the fields in all this weird like daylight shot for night footage. And that's the only time he does any Robin Hood stuff. And it turns out he's not Robin Hood of Loxley. He's some other dude. It's not a good film. It's very, very bad. It's not we spend so long getting to know Richard the Lionheart in the first few scenes and then he dies... And I didn't even like realize he died, and then we just move on to other stuff. Because it's not a good. About forty-five minutes in, like when he he comes home, he gets set up with 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 Kate Blanchett, who needs to choose better films. And (laughs) and I'm like, this is where the film could start. Just start it here. Why have you given us all this other stuff? That could have been like the credits. And just through flashbacks. And like yep. you could see like a yep. flash the of this scene, this scene, film. this scene. That's four minutes of mm-hmm. footage. That's all you need. Yeah. Yep. But Ro- Russell Crowe just cycles through Scottish, Irish, English accents at will. From line to line. It's not a good film, but we're not here to talk about that terrible film. I just, I just had a lot of feelings about it. I, I can understand it. that. Uh, only a couple more. Um <laughs> I really thought we were on the verge of a character having a character arc when Oscar Isaac's King John starts fighting in the battle at the end. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, this is a character who's different from when at the, st- at the start of the film. Uh, but then in the last scene, he just goes back and they undo all of that. And it turns out he's mean and horrible again. So that's a shame. Um, and 
I, my main thought coming out of it was that we haven't really Hollywood hasn't really known what to do with Russell Crowe since Gladiator. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, the nice guys. He. That's the thing. We all thought he was Gladiator, and we thought he was that kind of person. Mm-hmm. But he's actually best in as a, like a fat character actor in more sort of Philip Seymour Hoffman roles, like The Nice Guys, mm. Body of Lies. But yeah. Um, Again, a third one that I had the other night. You know, when he's when he's he's not a buff superhero character, and I feel like this was the last gasp of, I thought, oh, maybe if we put him with Ridley Scott, it'll work as this kind of a person, and it doesn't at all. Ridley Scott directed Gladiator, though, didn't he? Yeah, and they thought, oh, maybe if we put those two back together, yeah, it'll work. So they basically made Gladiator in England. Yeah, and they said, let's do Robin Hood, but here's the twist: it's Gladiator. Nothing that people like about Robin Hood is in it. <laughs> And they're like, I see Except the trees. There's trees in it. <laughs> yeah, there's a forest. They walk yeah. through forests. They, there's trees and stuff. Yeah. And green. Yeah. All right. 2018, Robin Hood. And that brings us to the present day. That's the context. You've got to okay. set up the context. We didn't have to. It's fine. But yeah, we did. It's great. Uh, this was not a Robin Hood movie. No? It was not a Robin Hood movie. And they said that at the start of the film, which is fine. They said, this is not the Robin Hood movie that you want to watch. What do you want in your Robin Hood movie that you didn't get in this movie? I want him coming back from the Crusades. All of his life is taken away from him. Mm -hmm. And the people are enslaved or being Mm -hmm. mistreated by the government. And he goes into into hiding Mm -hmm. with a bunch of merry men. And Mm -hmm. then they slowly chip away before a battle happens at the end. That's fine. And like... A lot okay. of that happens in this film, but it's not a Robin Hood film. Like, because he's not... Will Scarlet's supposed to be, like, with him all the time. He's supposed to collect his merry men, and then they all, like, slowly chip away at the government, and they steal things, and they're giving to the poor, and they make their community in the village, in the, in the, in, mm. in the trees. I felt like... Um, the... I... For me, the only big bit of Robin Hood that we're actually missing here is really setting up in interesting ways that we care about the Merry Men. Mm. The 2010 Russell Crowe Robin Hood fails because it's trying to be an origin story and it goes so far origin that it's unrecognisable as Robin Hood, even though by the end he ends up in the woods with the Merry Men and Maid Marian. This one does that a bit but I think it finds the middle ground a bit better where you get lots of juicy Robin Hoodie stuff. Yeah. And I and I think I think it paces itself very well to the point where, yep, we can see the sequel coming out where now they're in the forest with the Merry Men, but we got our hit of Robin Hood being Robin Hood in this film. You know what I mean? I can see where you're coming from. I see from. where you're coming from as well, but I think, yeah. Like... It, it to me, I I didn't think that it, they were going to make a film to try and set up a sequel, because like you can't you can't well, the, the Robin Hood story is a story and it has a, it has a, it has an ending and you can't like well you can obviously but you, like you're supposed to just finish it and you make your Robin Hood film not your Robin Hood trilogy. Yeah, well, obviously all films are set up for sequels now. They don't have to. But I think this film this film does a lot of. Sequel does a lot. Well, there's sequel setting up in it, but I think the filmmakers have also done a good job of let's make this film stand on its own. They have, yeah, it's not that classical Robin Hood story of being in the woods, but what if there's another Robin? Let's do the origin bit of how he got into the woods, Mm -hmm. but let's make that stand on its own as well. And 
I and mean, I like the well at the end when they tack on the whole we're in the woods now we're gonna do this. It sort of feels tacked on, but it works okay because they've culminated their story and this is just them moving on, which is. Well, yeah, I mean, it feels a little bit tacked on, but also them going to the woods is a completely natural progression mm. of all of the plot that's happened up to that point. Except for one thing. He is a lord yeah. of whatever kingdom this is. Nottingham. He has written proof that the sheriff and the fucking the pope mm-hmm. the are cardinal. plotting against the king. Yeah. On paper, signed by both of them, Pretty convincing. he could take this directly to the king and say, mm. look, this is happening. Come shut this fucking shit down. Yeah. And the king would do that. I think the structure of authority within this film was very interesting. It was very interesting choices. Because um, in your 2010 Robin Hood, it's the king of England. And that's a a pretty traditional part of the Robin Hood story. You've got Richard the Lionheart and you've got the mean King John. And the the reason we're having all this trouble is because we don't have the proper king there. Mm. And in this... They're just taking the kings out altogether, and for me, that is a that's a good move because they've shrunk it down and they've made it look. We are just about Nottingham. That's all we're caring about at the moment, and so that makes it a more coherent story. It's easy to identify with. Like, okay, I see what the stakes are, rather see, than Robin Hood is trying to save England. Like I like the idea of yes, Nottingham is the villain for this film, and like make it smaller, but they made it smaller. Where it is still too big, like they make Nottingham very big. Nottingham is huge. Well, he's that's, like a king. Well, that's what the I thought. The pope was comes from Rome. Well, it's not the pope; it's a, it's a cardinal. But he comes from Rome. Yeah. So they like, they should have shrunk it down to Nottingham, but it's still, it's still like it's playing on the world stage still. So I thought that was a little like, bit weird. Where if, I feel like this, the act like there's a lot of power concentrated here, but Nottingham is just one of a bunch of counties in yeah. England. <laughs> and Aren't it, there other people next to them they're interacting with? But I liked it that it was that you've got you've got your sheriff of Nottingham, who's yeah. a, your, your big bad guy, mm-hmm. but he has people he is beholden to as well, yeah. and there's bigger bad guys above him, and. But I think it would have it would have worked better to have the smaller like the smaller stakes where it's this is the bad guy not not a, not a not a, a false king it's just a, a a terrible sheriff and you have your city but your city is huge just show somewhat that the kingdom is also massive just so that the city can be as big as it is but you know that oh, the kingdom is huge and you know that the some, king is higher than this. Show some Nottingham outside of the town? or Well, show some of the kingdom itself. Like, like okay. you know, like I like that. I like, like that have you some scenes see in London king. or something. Well, not necessarily have to have scenes, but just show proof that the king is so much higher than this because this seems so massive. Yes, but we, but we didn't need the king. No, we didn't need the king, but, you know, we it, don't need it, it for seems like Nottingham is a king because it's so grand. And like, yeah, there's no build-up for the rest of the world being more grand than Nottingham. If it's true. set in a time where um, the Iraq War is happening 500 years ago, yeah, um, and like everything elsewhere in the world is shit, mm. and then they have this one gleaming city, and that's all you get to see. If you saw some other cities, yeah, be gleaming. Like if his trip back went through other places, maybe, like maybe just to show more of the world. I don't know. I just kind of, I kind of bought it because I didn't care what was going on anywhere else in terms of this story. Because mm. this story is about Robin Hood 
getting his house back, getting his girl back, and saving the people of his town that he used to live in. Mm. So even the, the king and the wider England exist as kind of a plot point where they go, oh, shit, Nottingham's trying to, you know, take down England in kind of a way. Mm. But That would be a harder thing to connect with as an audience member than, no, it's just these people living here. Wouldn't in this it revolution. work better for this smaller stake of a film if the city of Nottingham was smaller in the film? So, like, you had your people being impressed by this guy and taking his taxes, but they didn't make the city seem massive. Because it was huge. Yeah. Like, if that was smaller, so it was a tighter-knit thing and still Robin is sneaking through it and doing his thing, it would just make, yeah, it would make the film feel tighter and smaller instead of having, you know... Like, you mm, don't see any of the yeah. people of Nottingham... Yeah, well, our only people, our people of Nottingham are the people working in the mines. Yeah, so, so there's no one living. Is no, does, does, no the only people out. in Nottingham are guards. Is yeah, that, there's is no that one it? out there doing agriculture. Is that why the city kind. is so clean? Because the only people who live there so clean. It looks like Duloc, doesn't it? So it's abnormally clean for something. Set, I love and it. Then, I love. Look, it's like I, I mean had to cut to cut to the chase on this movie. I loved it. I had so much fun. It was so much better than I was expecting. <laughs> it hangs together. So, like Comparing it to bad movies like Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, it's so good. It's so much better than that. It's, the plot holds up. I understood why all the characters were doing what they were doing, and mm-hmm. I cared about whether they succeeded or not. All the action sequences, I knew what was going on, who the players were, and why they were trying to do what they were doing. Yep. The climax was satisfying, and the actions all the characters did made sense to me in the moment watching it. Like, you know, we tend to view things in a pretty nitpicky way. And I was like, in the world this film has created, all of this is fine. It was great. It was a, and it was a great action medieval, you know, um, movie. Um, the it was only... not a medieval movie. So, if you were, if I, if you were, you know, doing a bit of a script doctor on it, the thing, either they all need to, like, the costume and art department need to calm the hell down. <laughs> the costume department has no chill on this film at all. Either they need to calm down, or you just set it in the future. See, like. You just said it in a Hunger Games world. I like that you got to see him on the Crusades, but they made that like Black Hawk Down. Oh, it was yeah, like, it was. The... I loved that they were doing that, and they're mm. at, um, like bows and arrows are not indoor weapon. It's so, like it was real cool. And I, I loved liked, it. It was like not expecting that. I was so I I loved it, and they're doing like door to door combat, exactly. like they're clearing a neighborhood oh. in Baghdad, and it's like that is so stupid, but it's so fun, like. Why would you do that? A machine gun? <laughs> they have a machine gun. Now they have a machine gun. And it's a crossbow. Yeah. Oh. It's great. Uh, it was great. It was fun. And then he gets back and everyone's wearing jackets and like yeah, so, fancy clothes. I mean, to be honest with you, I can. it's fine. I can go a long way with all of like... All the use of bows and arrows and the stupid um, weaponry. I'm like, okay, that's just the world we're in. Um, the only time they went too far is Ben Mendelsohn's costume, which he just... Which is basically a Star Wars costume? Uh, yeah, it's basically a Star Wars costume. And, and also is, like, made out of vinyl? Like, it's, yeah. it's I think it's yeah. supposed to look like leather, but it yeah. looks like, like a couch? Yeah, and then 
when they just get uh, Baz Luhrmann in to do a Great Gatsby party halfway through. <laughs> and everyone's having the best where time. The Cardinal's happening and everyone just decides to rack a few lines and go to the casino. With invented gambling games that yeah. didn't exist in our world yeah. at all. It was, and people are wearing leopard print and stuff. I'm <laughs> Not leopard skin, just leopard print on something else. I'm okay. Now you've and broken like, me out of it completely, guys. Like, I'm giving you so much leeway on this movie, but you still went too far with this stupid party scene. <laughs> like none of it was made to look. Period. Nothing in they this just film was trying. made to look. They the kind only... of try up to then, then they stop trying <laughs> for twenty minutes, and then they start trying a bit again. Like even Tim Minchin's character is wearing pants. He's yeah. a friar. He wouldn't wear pants. Yeah, he'd be wearing a robe. But like great role for Tim. Minchin, the only, the, the well. only, the only um period period costumes were when they were leaving for the Crusades and they were mm. wearing the Crusaders like every so often they'd be super period. Every so often, when? Taron Taron Egg Eggheaderton will be wear, will be wearing a really just like broken down like pair like, of pants, ba- like boots mm. that are obviously like, obviously just really period and just a threadbare shirt and stuff. And then they go from that to people wearing like Dr. Martens. It's not Dr. Martens, is it? It's, it's Doc just... Martens, but we're calling him Dr. Martens from Do- now on. <laughs> That's a show, isn't it? Hello. I... Yeah, Doc Martens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Martin. Hello. And these are my boots. I'm, Doc- <laughs> I'm Dr. Martin. These are my boots. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was, that, was, that was very strange. But yeah, just set it in the future where okay. there's bows and arrows again now for See? some reason. Like, you know, set it in a post-apocalyptic, things are broken down, medieval well, weaponry has come back. Well, does it have to have back. bows and arrows, because, though? Yeah, because it's fun. Uh, but then it's like, we've adapted the pre-existing machine gun technology, but now this is something we've cobbled together from the yeah. ruins of civilization. So but we then have it's this not thing, Robin Hood. And then we have castles and stuff. Well, no, it would be a futuristic Robin Hood. That would be... What I'll, would you I'll call it? Robin Hood. But you can't. Yeah, you no can. one would see it. Everyone would get angry about well, it. Well, no one's seen this. They should. It's fun. Yeah, it's so fun. People, you know, people don't want to watch Robin Hood movies. They don't. I do. want, they don't want to watch Robin Hood movies, and they don't want to watch King Arthur movies. They did well. Well, that wasn't fun. Who directed this film that we just watched? Ah, I forget his name, but he is all. I'm going to look it up now. But he is also the director of um, Otto. Bathurst is the director of this film. Also, the BAFTA-winning director of *Peaky Blinders*, which have you seen? That's a massive difference. Not really. No, *Peaky Blinders* is is another is a series that that takes place in the twenties in Birmingham, but finds lots of ways to not modernize. But that thing about *Peaky Blind*, the classic thing about *Peaky Blinders* is it has a purely excuse me modern soundtrack. Yeah, like the sound, like the theme song, but they're all is dressed Nick appropriately. Cave. They're dressed appropriately, but it's finding ways to like thread these modernistic. It's finding things of that time mm-hmm. that connect with modern day things in powerful ways that okay. um, yeah have have a lot of meaning to them. I guess is how you say. It. I think you could definitely and the bad guy who Robin Hood allows to live after Maid Marian hits him over the head is one of the main characters in Peaky Blinders and he plays a guy just on the edge all the time he did very well in this film actually he's a great everyone did well except everyone everyone did great great casting everyone looked really British which I like they looked British that's why Taron Egerton is so good for this and Kingsman because he's just he's so good he's an English man that's a hand I would shake and Maid Marian is a Irish lady. But is she Irish? 
Because her know. accent changed from American to Irish about five it times had a bit during sentences. Irish is quite American, though. Irish but hers was American. Oh. Will Scarlet oh. has a nice Irish accent for this film. Yeah. She does not. Yeah. She has... I was okay with it. Like, I, I loved it. I didn't mind. But it was... Every time she spoke, I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was okay. Um... Um, yeah, I so, like I like that Jamie Fox was not making an accent. It was just Jamie Fox. Oh no, he was trying. No, but he was Jamie Fox, and I was I was okay with it. He was trying. He also stopped trying a few times. <laughs> There's a few lines where he's just like, "I'm just going to be Jamie Fox." I'm just going to be me again. But, uh, um, so the, many intense speeches out of so nowhere. So many intense. There speeches. is a scene where it's the first time the sheriff has been told that there is a thief. Because yeah. he robbed for the first time last night. He doesn't have And then it. he also robbed the church that day. So mm-hmm. like he does he like one he one night and the next day he does it. And then Friar Tuck comes in to tell the dude and he says, This has happened. And straight away overreaction and the end of the scene is I will not rest until this thief is dead as yeah. though he knows it's one person who's robbing both of these places. It couldn't be yeah. other people doing it. You know, there were no scenes that clanged for me. There was no scenes I was watching, and maybe they did for you, but there was no scenes I was watching where I was like, why has he said that? Or why is that happening? No, Every, no, it no. followed on. And yeah, he had no chill because I think Ben Mendelsohn has no chill. is trying to dethrone Alan Rickman from the greatest <laughs> Sheriff of Nottingham performance. And I don't think he quite does it. Because he's not Alan Rickman. Again, the greatest sheriff of Nottingham is the sheriff of Rottingham in Men in Tights. I'd rather not. I'd rather not go down this path with you again. It's fine. Um, But I can see. But he's trying. He's being super intense the whole time. He is. The only time I thought this is I like it, but this is a bit weird. Is when he suddenly gives Robin Hood his big speech about child abuse. Yeah, straight away for no reason. Yeah, no reason at all. But also, I loved him. Yeah, it's so it well, happened. It's so well written, and you're humanizing the villain, giving the villain interesting, complex motivations. Where yes, he's being mean to the people below him, but people above him have been mean to him. That's so much more complexity than most villains ever get. But the villain had no reason to break into that speech. No. Robin just said, "Look, no. I think we should do this." He's and just we a should guy on the edge. Offer a, offer a bounty for the guy. He kicks the other dudes out, and then immediately and Robin's then alone. Screams with him. out at the one who won't leave. Yeah, and he goes, "All right, so I was abused as a child." Yeah, nice to meet you. You could have softened all of that just a little bit by it's something like Sheriff of Nottingham has no friends, and he wants to have friends. So he sees in Robin Hood mm. having come back. This is potentially someone I can confide in. Because there's seemingly no one else around him he can do that to. You, they just needed to put a little bit of that in. But it still worked without it for I, me. I, nothing, nothing was bad. I, I enjoyed it. Everything that was bad was fun. Yeah. The only time I think this film crossed the line to being a bad film okay. was when um, Robin Hood gets an arrow to the heart that never comes up again. And whilst in the pit of money and arrows suddenly starts making out with Maid Marian and then Christian Grey is for some reason very far away from where everyone else is fighting and looks into the pit and sees them and is just so sad about that he gets hit on the head drops his bomb and turns into Two-Face that's the only (laughs) bit where I was like okay that doesn't work because why is he there no one else is like um 
the fight in the summer. Apparently, else. part of the plan was for him um, to take a side alley around the fire and back to the other side. But why didn't it? the sheriff of Nottingham just go around the fire? Because, like, physically. Yeah. It is impossible to push fire <laughs> with your shield. Isaac, they pushed the fire. They pushed okay? the fire, no, and apparently the f- they brought all of the flammable no. liquid with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, because Isaac, you don't seem to understand. Those those ten foot high flames are because of the several mills of petrol that are on the ground. So all they have to do is just push those away. Yeah, and then he's all good. You can't push those yeah, away yeah, with a yeah, shield. Yeah, there's no. Have you even tried? No. And How I'm much not experience going to. do you have pushing flammable liquids? Look, maybe. I did a little bit of arson in high school but we don't talk about that because I moved away and you weren't trying to push it away you were trying to make I was mm-hmm. nothing trying to burn fools yeah <laughs> yeah, no, the, yeah that's you the can't only, push fire that's the only bit I saw where I thought oh, like it looked really bit. cool and then he walks slowly through like I'd, I'd rush through there there was, the, the there was a moment back. where he checked like there was a moment where there's still heat and he's like okay cool and then he walks through like I like the acting, but yeah. you can't push fire. But for some reason, their plan was to go around the left-hand side and then jump down that was hole it? and come with Robin to I leave. That. Like, it's mentioned later. He's supposed to be with you. Where, where is he? Like, he was supposed to be in the pipe, in, 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 in the drains with them. Oh, did, but, they, did they say he was meant to go around the side? Well, they never say what the plan was, but at that point, Somehow, that's why he was all there. all the fighters are meant to go and... Well, not all the fighters, just him for some reason. They're okay. supposed to leave all of these plebs. He totally just... He, yeah, he sacrifices a lot of plebs. Yeah. And then he, he uh, sacrifices himself, which is fine. Also fine. Also fine. Completely believable character motivation. Yeah. Robin Hood would do that. Yeah. And I like that he gets a little bit of flashbacks. He's like, okay, so he's clearly seen yeah. that this is the only way I'm going to stop this fighting. Yeah. The Hurt, the, the, the hurt Locksley stuff, mm-hmm. which could just be for him to meet Jamie Foxx, Gets brought up again as no, that's still influencing the character. Yeah. He's learnt skills he's had... there that he's using throughout the plot, mm-hmm. and he he developed relationships with other important characters like the bad guy from Biggie Blinders, who comes up later in the plot, and how he feels about the battle influence his important decisions later in the plot. Everything gets paid off in it's... really satisfying ways. It's good. What is everyone so upset about with this film? <laughs> I think they wanted it... Well, I can't actually picture... It's exactly what I thought it would be. It's. I mean, maybe I'm feeling more positive about it having just seen the terrible Russell Crowe version. Because I kept thinking throughout this, I was like, this is so good, because Robin Hood is the at the centre of the story, it's all about him, mm-hmm. and we understand why he's doing what he's doing, which never happens in the Russell Crowe version. Robin Hood is completely peripheral to everything that's going on. You but could be watching another we've character. We've discussed that that is a terrible movie. Yeah, yeah. This is not. But it. In you know, any. You got a. Con- it's a contrast. You know, it's they've taken the same material, the same public domain character, and they did something awful. And I think these guys have done something great. And I don't understand why everyone's being so mean. Yes. Like, I don't. Uh, I've never read the like the books or anything from Robin Hood. You haven't read the. Medieval Robin Hood texts? No, I haven't. Okay. But I'm assuming Prince of Thieves is currently the closest adaption, other than whatever was made in the fifties, to I being know. like like true to the story. So like, Ridley Scott changed a shit ton of stuff. Men in Tights changed a shit ton of stuff, but it was very very yeah, fun. Men in Tights is not an adaptation of the story; it's an adaptation of other yeah, films. It's a it's a Mel Brooks adaptation of the story, but it's really good. It's a meta comment. Um, this I think the changes any any changes they made were so much fun like 
it works it's just super enjoyable mm. and like simple story simple well. story but they did a lot like mm. it it doesn't it doesn't feel like a short film like it it like mm. it it puts enough in there the action that there's a chase scene and apparently horses can run through walls and not be affected at all and apparently run through like actual pylon like <laughs> massive poles and still be fine and that's yeah. badass horses yeah they um, only get fact- fucked up when they get hit by the RPG at the end of it <laughs> <laughs> the crossbow RPG the, the thing I was really enjoying Bone throughout RPG. this whole film Bone grenades. was how colourful it was there's colour all over the place. Mm. Things that could be just black and white. There's bright orange sparks flying through. Like Robin Hood's mask is blue. It's not all just grey. Marion's always wearing these like bright purples and bright reds. Uh, Friar Tuck is always green. The Cardinal's always really bright red. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they go to the forest and it's really, really bright green. Like So many films now, everything is just so grey toned. Well, films at least that are set in Britain. Yeah, especially medieval. Yeah, because but you know this is a criticism that's been made of a lot of the Marvel movies, which are great movies, but they are washed out as fuck. Like there's no trying to make themselves as real as real as possible. Real, but also I think they just they've just developed a kind of house style where it Mm. makes it more neutral, so it's going to have greater mass appeal. I I think it's just a mass appeal choice that Mm. that draw drains some of the color out, so less people would be put off by it. But this. It's infused with colour the whole time. Things are really bright. Like they're making their plan and they're writing in super bright red ink on the I like that they stuff. have this apparently really neat red lines and circles. Yeah. So good. They've got stencils, man. Yeah. They've got and then stencils. In um, Zero Dark Loxley, it's all yellow, like really bright yellow, but then all the bad guys are wearing blue, so it's really clear to know who the but bad how, guys are. How good was that filmed, though? Like it looked like. An Iraq war film. Yeah. And they're all just doing cosplay at the, like, laughing in the middle of. Yeah. Oh, so fun. And, like, no reason to do that, but they did. Oh. Well, no, but no, that's the thing. No, every, everything had a reason. No, because but like. Setting up all that stuff for him later in the story, he meets Jamie Foxx, the, no, I mean, the most the, important the, character. The telling of that story is fine. Yeah. But the way that they made it into a. Like a war film mm. It's just It's not something That you would expect them To do in a Robin Hood oh, movie Oh they, they could have They didn't have to make it Like that No they, they could have Just made it yeah. Oh he's in the crusade Sword fighting And using a bow and arrow And yeah. like have battles And stuff Like that you would, that's what You would expect yeah. From a medieval film it, Yeah they, but they, they really didn't Stylized it Yeah oh, And I, it was just fun There's no There were no big scenes Where I think Oh you could have Just taken that out Every scene Important stuff happened the only and they don't gloss over the important stuff. No. Like, um, this is a bringing it to a Fantastic Beasts thing. Every scene in that film has, and I, I um, quotations in the, in the air with my fingers at the moment, has important plot points in every discussion in that film. Fantastic Beasts 2. Yep. But, <laughs> yeah, I guess. But they do that in such a way that you just don't get them because you're attempting to listen to these people speak too yeah. quickly and act too quickly and everything happens too quickly and she well, puts too much in. Yeah. Whereas this film, there's so much happening, but it all gets explained enough. Like, yeah. it all gets its moment. Mm. And, like, the important parts of the scenes are the important parts you want. Yeah. Um, really, really well paced as well. It, it kept I mean, going? The, it's very difficult in a movie to lead 
to a political revolution in a believable way. Mm. But for me, watching it subjectively, by the time we got to that point, I felt like, yes, I've seen enough of the way these people are treated, the bad things that have happened to them. There's the whole horse chase sequence, which is the king coming to just fuck with people, so they're going to be really upset about that. We're now watching them all debate about whether they should do it or not. Mm. We've got Robin and um, Christian Grey giving two competing arguments. You see why they eventually side with Robin. And then now we're going to do this. And so when all those you know, people turn up with baseball bats and masks, all the Antifa people... And you people, have your, your riot in the streets. You I'm have what, your modern day riot in yeah, the streets. Yeah, exactly. And you have a Occupy Wall Street thing yeah. happen. I'm looking at it and going, I understand why all those people are there and I believe that they would be doing it. Mm. Let's go. It's just really, really well done. And I really enjoyed Christian Grey's character as well. I don't... As an and as a counterpoint to to Robin, but you know, quite, quite, quite think, three-dimensional, you know? I think maybe one scene more of bringing a political agenda to his character before he snaps at Marion and mm. says, I've worked too hard for this. That's like, true, that, actually. That's a little bit jarring. When that, that scene is, happened, I, I was, was like, a little bit, oh, okay, so this is what he okay, is. So okay, like, right. Like one extra scene yep. before that where he's like... Gets angry at somebody yeah, for supporting the hood. You have a political like, future, really. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't. So, I didn't know that was an option for you as a commoner. You know, and I then having that having that anger burst at her, and then immediately going to once every okay, we got to leave, guys. We have got to keep ourselves safe. We should mm. just run. We should hide. That's that's our plan to keep the people safe. Like, yes, it's good that he cares about the people, but that anger burst just made it seem that he cares about his own political agenda. Mm-hmm. And so, why would he then be the be the voice of the people again? If if it's if it's because that that scene made me think, okay, cool. So he's going to be a bad guy because he just cares about himself, and all the stuff he's been doing to help the people has just been for himself. So to have that snap, you don't then bring the character back in to just showing his about the people face. Yeah. And then like Robin's like, bam! You have to have if he comes back to showing his about the people face, you have to show little bits of him still being the Mm. douchebag which he ends up doing but like that scene is Mm. too much of him the good guy again yeah yeah i mean i just i just liked that it did the it kind of did the same grown-up thing that venom did in that the which is the main character's ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend isn't a dick he turns into a dick at the end because yeah. he gets burnt on his face because obviously as we know physical disfigurement is a sign of uh, you know moral unsteadiness well everyone I would hate met. I would hate for that trope to go away but <laughs> um, you know her, her new guy isn't the bad guy like, like if you were a, if you were a hack you would have made Marion now be with the sheriff yeah, see, you know? I was I was worried that that's what they were doing with that the film. That would be the hackiest thing to mm-hmm. do. But they're, no, let's have this other character who is also who wants similar things to Robin, but has some, has different political ways of going about it. So you can see why Marion would be with him and why she would go back to Robin. Yeah, because they're helping. Let's the have court. them conflict, and I think he's set up as a very interesting villain for the sequel. They won't make because this didn't make enough money, and I, for one, am sad about that. But. I want them to make a sequel. I want them to make a sequel as well. I want Taron Egerton to be in Kingsman 3. Oh, there'll be a Kingsman 3. There is a Kingsman 3. It's been greenlit. Yeah. But I read somewhere that he's not in it. 
that's that's a bad like, move for the Kingsman people. I think he confirmed that himself. Wow. And like, I don't want a third one now if he's not in it because he's he's that's yeah. what it's like. It's his yeah. story. Yeah, the K- Kingsman in no way has enough legs to keep running without Taron Egerton. If, if they made a prequel, maybe. Maybe, but like maybe. deep prequel, like set in the seventies. Yeah, have Harry Hart's origin story. I want Harry Hart's dad's origin story. That's got to go way back. Hey. Like wipe the slate clean. Nineteen twenties Kings. You got to like do like you do a Fantastic fan- Beasts. You got a Fantastic Beasts it, yeah. and then make it shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna join the great cinematic tradition of making a series of really great sequels to a successful film series. <laughs> That's always what happens, right? People love prequels. Yeah. I mean I can't think of a prequel that is good. Good. A prequel that is good. A prequel that is good. This does not include like one like know. a sequel that has scenes that take place before. I didn't see the latest Purge. I won't see the latest Purge. Purge is great. Mm, you are wrong. Purge ah, is so stupid. Prequels that are good, The Conjuring, oh. and then like Annabelle. Okay, I have nothing to do with the Conjuring universe. Okay, I'm happy to believe you. But similar vein, Paranormal Activity three, prequel, much better than Paranormal Activity two. Much better. It goes one, three, two. It's Paranormal Activity three is genius, and yet that's a prequel that works. Yeah. Hor- horror. I guess maybe you can horror. do it in horror. Maybe you can do it in horror. Maybe. Mm, maybe that's the only genre. Genre. Imagine, imagine like rom com prequels. Imagine people making prequels to rom coms. <laughs> Because you have your Richard, you have Richard your story Jones of these two diary. characters that meet each other and fall in love in one movie, and then you have just a film about those two characters who've never met each other. Yeah, and it's just two different stories, <laughs> just in the same film <laughs> for no reason. <sighs> We've discovered um, a genre that you can't prequel to. Yay! No, you you do a romantic comedy prequel, but the characters in the main plot they still meet a few times in this prequel, but. You know, it's just like chance meetings, so you know what's going to happen. But they're both having two interesting stories, but um, they just like cross over. Yeah, but then that—that's a good movie in itself. That's a movie I'd see. Uh, you wouldn't want to see the rom com after that. But you've already seen it because it was. The yeah, but like film. you wouldn't want to know that that's how it ends. Like you'd want them to end at the end of their meetings here, and that's the start, and that's the end. And then you just make a sequel. And then no, make a sequel. Like you, have, I, you can't. You, you can't have to make se- a sequel. You can't sequelize rom coms except for those. Bridget Jones Billions diary. of movies that have they meet and fall in love and then the sequel is The Wedding. The Wedding, yeah. What is it? Meet the Parents. Meet the Parents. Bridget Jones. Every movie made by Tyler Perry. <laughs> <laughs> so, not a lot. There is a lot. Okay. There's a, any, any rom-com that has a sequel, the sequel is a wedding. Yeah. Or they have kids now. Or they have kids and the kids are getting together. Something like that. Yeah. Like it's there's there's a trope you can't change that trope. So Imagine in that the sequel, sorry, I'm really stuck on sequels now. In Robin Hood. In Robin Hood, the film that won't have a sequel because everyone just can't get over themselves and admit that it's great <laughs> is um So Robin Hood is Batman. Robin right? Hood is definitely Batman. So Robin Hood is Batman and he's Bruce Wayne walking around saying how shit Batman is. Mm-hmm. Fine. Love and it. Ro- like Robin of Loxley is the mask. Yeah, these are but, these are words that are spoken in the film. 
Loxley is the mask, but, you are the hood. Yeah. So, but the, the, so the, the, the problem is, Robin... Like, okay, so trying to get into something that I didn't like, or I think it needs, okay. needs to be we're changed, attempting, attempting. is... And again, you know, I bought into it in the end, but if I were to change something, Robin is um, Bruce Wayne. Robin is Bruce Wayne. But the hood... Rather than Batman, because Batman is kind of a detective and his thing is law and order, mm-hmm. this guy's thing is stealing. So really the hood really takes, he takes a very sort of John Wick approach to accomplishing his goals. Like Robin Hood slaughters a lot of people on every one of his little, like each of his initial missions. Yeah, he is a, lot just, of, a lot of people. And, and, and I get it, sure, they're the guards, they're bad guys. But I kind I kept feeling like, well, we know there's really bad guys at the top of this system. We've seen but Robin do Hood. All of these henchmen need to die. We've seen Robin Hood get drafted into military service. We know that people in this world get conscripted to fight and work on behalf of the bad guys. There's no way all of these guards were people who are like, yeah, I love fucking people up. I'm going to go be a guard. So he's meant to be a man of the people fighting for the people, and he's killing a lot of dudes. Who are presumably members of the people. <laughs> or like fathers of people who live in the yeah. mines and they just have to go off to work. Exactly. Think, no, they're non-lethal arrows. He needs to... They, <laughs> I would have it be Robin Hood also has the Batman rule of he doesn't kill. Or he's a ninja. Ninja Robin Hood for the first bit. So the, the thievery at the start and yeah. the first few things is he, he tricks them and then he gets away. Yeah, have him do a bit of a Mission Impossible sneak in, steal stuff, mm. sneak like, out. Instead, he s- just... Still do the fancy arrow stuff, but the yeah. fancy arrow stuff stops people from hurting you. Yeah, or he's clearly just shooting people in the leg or yeah. stuff like that. Or like that. he shoots something and it falls on somebody. Instead of that, he, he goes full taken on these dudes every single time. <laughs> And it was pretty exhilarating to watch. Like, Oh, God, yeah. He is just laying waste. But as soon as I leaned back for a second, I just thought, I know I can't see any of these people's faces because of the handy helmets, but there's no way they're all bad people doing bad things. You know, they're just trying to get but through the day. But as we know, if you get shot in the heart with an arrow, you're fine. So yeah. most of these people are just incapacitated for a yeah. little while. Sure. That's why there are so many guards at the end of the film. Because he hasn't killed them all. They're still yeah, alive. They're fine. They all got back and up. And now they've got a grudge. Because they had their mid- medieval Kevlar vests on. But I also enjoy that that last battle, there are like maybe 20 guards lined up tops. And yeah. on the other side of, of the shields is several thousand people. <laughs> unarmed. They've just got their flame grenades got ready, their Molotov cocktails. Ready, to, ready to battle these 20 guards. And mm. apparently it takes a while. But they have their right guard shields. Oh, yeah, because the they can protect the weight of a thousand people pushing against you. Well, you know, they can push fire away, Isaac. Who knows what they can't they, do? They are fun. They are good shields. Yeah. Whatever this post-apocalyptic world is, mm. the battery-operated shields are pretty good. Yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I, I, I want to read this film as it's in the future, they just didn't say it. I, I, I like where they've put it. It's, it's, like, it's like the Lord of the Rings thing. It's set somewhere ages ago, but there's so much stuff that doesn't exist in our world that existed back then. It's prehistory. Pre, it's a different history. It's, a, it's, it's a alternate timeline Alternate timeline Robin Hood. Other well, things I really liked. When um, Jamie Foxx has been captured, 
and his little conversation with Sheriff of Nottingham and he says he's going to gorge him on pig's blood and set him on fire so he'll never get to heaven mm-hmm. that's great that's so cold <laughs> and that's just that's writing that has put a bit of effort into thinking about the psychology of the characters they're writing they're, they're mm-hmm. thinking who is this guy John that we've put in this film what does he actually care about yeah he wouldn't give a fuck about physical torture but he is a religious man who has faith and there's things with it and so Sheriff of Nottingham would figure out how to leverage that and fuck with him that way and he's like yeah you're never getting to the garden mate you're never going to see your son that is great. Making bad things happen to the characters as well. The fact that John's son straight up dies at the start of oh, the movie dude. and he loses, he loses a hand. his hand. So again, giving even more weight and purpose to the um, that whole se- sequence. Like, it's you know gives gives that even more purpose. Yeah, so I like that, and yet just that just that's. That bit of script just had so much more oomph to it than the most things in hit. general. Yeah, like there's some corny bits, but they're but, good corny. Yeah, it never, it didn't tip over to the point where I was like, like oh, there's no, off. there's no one liner that you just he has like a dropped a drop line and then he mm. leaves. Like none of that happens. Yeah. It's still like you can tell that it's action movie dialogue, mm-hmm. but it's just good. Yeah. The town hall, the town hall sequence where the sheriff gives his speech, I thought this convincingly establishes how he has control over the people mm-hmm. through his oration. You didn't just see him being a meanie in his hall, like a sort of you know a distant sort of Snoke character. He's, no, he's out there. People see him, they identify with him, they believe what he says, mm-hmm. and everything he says was super convincing because it's pretty much word for word what Donald Trump says. You can't say that wouldn't work because it totally just worked in our world. And I thought, but they didn't overdo that and make it a really heavy-handed parallel. They just did a little bit of, you know, aren't people from Arabia scary? Am I right? Give me some money and I'll make them go away. It was good. It was good political satire. Not, Not quite, but political parallels there. That was good. Um... I don't. When Robin dragged Tuck into that room and said yeah. he stole the keys, I don't know what he was hoping was going to happen. Okay, so I my 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 reading of that scene is he's he's seen that Tuck stole the keys and gave them to Marion, so he knows yep. that they're doing something together, and he's really happy about that because he knows they're good guys. Yep. Um. So his plan, he then knows that that's dangerous for Tuck and Marion. So in order to save Tuck. He's gonna get him fired, and his him getting him fired will also get him closer to the higher ups. Like because he wanted, he want, he's still trying to just gain See, favor and like. I thought that was. I just saw it as this is his way of getting in the room. Yeah, it is. But his but way of getting. How in the did room, he not think Friar Tuck will definitely be executed for what I'm accusing him of? Well, maybe he did think. He that. seemed super surprised when they were gonna murder him, yeah. and I just thought, wait, well, well I'll Robin. Do it. I mean, it, and he really had to think on his feet. Like, they really showed him desperately trying to think of a way out of this predicament. Yeah. And what did he think this predicament was going to be when he went in there? They just knew Tim. Like, Tim you know you have two die. dudes who love murdering people and will do it at the drop of a hat. So It's but, basically their business. But the thing, a, li- a little bit that I loved so much was just that when they kicked Friar Tuck out, again, 
love his idea, like, yep, let's defrock. If they just understand the psychology of the characters, there's proper three-dimensional grown-up understanding of how people think and how what people care about and he's saying no it'd be better to defrock him and not make him into a martyr and they go ah oh, yes a good idea that's great it is great that's great but then after he throws him out of the room uh robin hood kind of realizes he's standing there holding a knife with these two dudes and sort of hurriedly hands the knife deferentially back to the sheriff of nottingham beautiful such I... a nice lovely little character moment that just to me shows that they're thinking they're thinking about what they would actually do at each of these moments and the import of all of their actions yeah the 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 immediate conversation that follows that bit though awful where robin where robin goes <laughs> uh, to leave no stay i trust you please stay and we are about gonna... to talk about our secret evil mm-hmm. plans in front of someone this guy's just met but apparently the guy yeah. he clearly does not respect says oh i respect him actually that like, part... oh, okay cool well i don't respect you but if you've said this guy's fine I'll take it, you word. Mm. That's fine. Let's have a chat. Yeah. And, and, and then uh, the cardinal literally just says, so if our evil plan to do X, <laughs> Y, and Z is going to succeed, it's very important that no one fuck with us on this day when we are doing this important part of the plan. Okay, i see you later. <laughs> so the only change I would even have to make is, so he's come through this door into the room, goes to leave. Mm-hmm. No, no, go, in, go into my office over there. We're going to have a chat in a minute. Yeah. Robin's in the office, listening through the doorway. Listen through the doorway. Makes I thought that all, as well. Like, climbs around well, the window. This is why you, if you had a bit more of your ninja Robin Hood, who doesn't mm-hmm. slaughter everyone and is able to Mission Impossible into stuff, he just climbs in through the air conditioning vents and listens to the plan through there. Yeah, well, if it's if it's the same scene up until this, and Friar Tuck gets defrocked, which is cool, mm. and like Robin saves him after threatening his life anyway, and then the dude goes, "Wait in my office. Mm-hmm. We'll have a chat in a minute. I'm just gonna yeah. talk to this guy." And then he climbs out onto the sill, like yeah. really high up in this church, comes around the corner, yeah. listens to the conversation, and then has to rush back in for another conversation. With yeah, the and like so climbing on the sill. That's pretty cool. Or two other ways you could do it. The other way is. Robert, um, the Sheriff of Nottingham decides that for their plan to come off, he wants to use Robin Hood. For something, yeah. Which gives Robin Hood the advantage in the finale. He's like, no, they're trusting me to do this, so I'm gonna, that's, that's how they win. Mm. So he's like, I'm worried about this. I'm putting Robert in charge of the blah, blah, blah. And the Cardinal's like, yes, it's a good idea. I see you'll trust him. And then that, that's how that works. Or, um, I wasn't or you... You know, Harry's saying it's weird how the sheriff gives that whole child abuse monologue, but that could be softened by establishing that he wants someone to confide in, so he's starting to view Robin as more of a friend. Yeah. And so if they have a friend, so it's so Robin is doing more sort of undercover officer stuff, and he develops a relationship with the bad guy. He trusts him. He, like, he wants to have his mate there because he is intimidated by the Cardinal and doesn't really like him, so I he think, likes having I his mate. I think that, though, gives just a little bit too much weakness to the villain. Yeah, it probably would, it would change that that weights the movie in a whole other direction where yeah. suddenly he has a almost meaningful relationship with the villain that's, and that's he'll feel kind of ben sad ben about killing character him. a little too much. Yeah, so that would probably... That's a different like film. Like, it's cool. Different film. Different film. That's a Ridley Scott. Robert well, it's a different villain. Yeah, it the is. same film as a different villain. Um, <sighs> yeah. Um, just great film. Out of ten. Out of ten, I'm giving it an eight. I had fun. Hell of fun. Actually, no, I'd go high. Well, 
Yeah. Sticking with an eight. Yeah. Like I could go higher because it was just mm. so much fun. I was especially trying to imagine like what would child me think of this as well. Well, I that's mean, like... actually one note. So many people died, and they the start of the film um, mentioned that this is not a bedtime story. This is going to be intense. No blood sure, yeah. is shown in the entire film. It is a PG thirteen film. Yeah, like again, if this film was yeah. made with the same amount of blood as three hundred. It was shot like 300. It was shot like 300, but if it had the same amount of bloodshed and like yeah. you got to see actual like death, mm. that changes the film in a way that everything... I think, I think if that was a thing and the film was rated MA and it was like actual visceral violent, yeah. it would be a better film. Yeah. It's you know, written for that, but I'm clearly... Getting, I'm getting confused by myself at the moment because that's normally something I care about a lot. When I'm watching a movie and it's not as gory as it should be, I'm very acutely disappointed and I'm aware like, this is this is shit. Should be. The only but blood... watch that didn't occur to me in this movie because mm-hmm. it was fun. Well, I think well part of it would be overall arrows don't produce a lot of gore. It's different to people dying by sword or axe or whatever. Yes. So you can just arrow someone, they fall over. It looks much more believable. But but there could stay for a film though. Like, you would have blood. Like, you would have bloodshed happen. Yeah, well... You know, and there, there wasn't, there wasn't the, the only time, R rating. I think... The only time I really noticed us being held at arm's length in terms of gore was the uh, decapitation of Jamie Foxx's son. I like that we didn't get Where it's just off-screen. It. Yeah, well, I felt like I needed... I, that's the, well, I'm not saying I wanted to see it, but it's the only time I was aware that they weren't showing something. Yeah. I was like, oh, the filmmakers have not shown me that. Okay. But the rest of the time, I was just in it. I was like, this is just what's had, happening. It's, it's, I, think, I think it's written. Some, whoever wrote in the like, script pictures it being R-rated, like visceral, because it's fast enough, it's fun enough, it, and like, there's so much mm. violence in the film. Like They've written it for that, and then it's been greenlit under a different rating. Didn't change anything at all. They just didn't put, just didn't put the, the, the gore in there. And I have no, I have no, 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 no um, negative thoughts about it. Like mm. it was fine, but it's just it would be a different film and probably a better film. Not better, but like I think a lot of people would have liked it a lot more yeah. if it were rated higher and mm. were more visceral. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm tr- I'm I'm scared that my critical faculties have just gone limp on this film. Like, I'm trying to think. Because you had fun, Sam. I had fun. Because you had fun. But. That's what films but are about. But I don't care about that. But you should. See, I, care I care about whether about it's a good film. All the time. But no, I, I, I don't want to. I don't rate them on fun. But you should. But no, that's the thing. If I, I take fun out of it, I can't think of what to criticize this movie about. There's some corny script. I don't think Robin Hood should have murdered people so much. Maybe. <sighs> See, I don't know. See, I'm compared for me again. You're comparing it childhood, to other Robin Hoods. Child, childhood movie that I absolutely adored and still do, The Mask of Zorro. Oh, Antonio Banderas, Anthony yes. Hopkins. A lot of similarities. That's also... That, that, Mask that Vigilante. Is not a great movie. Mask Vigilante. I, well, I think it is. I think everything I've said that's good about this movie, you can also say about that movie. I guess. Yeah, there's no bad dialogue in that movie. There's no bad dialogue. Clear, believable character motivations. Every everything they're doing, understand why they're doing it. Mm. Good, believable. Like Anthony Hopkins and Antonio Banderas each get their own bad guy. 
They do, and okay. also their their relationship in the film, like their rapport is really good. They got good chemistry. Yeah. You have your whole training sequence. He puts yeah. on the mask. He goes, takes on the mantle. You know. Um, good movie though. Yeah. Fun. But it's it's not. I think I guess what I'm trying to get to is, I say, oh, it's fun, so it's good. No, it's fun because it's a good film. This is my response for people to say when people when like I'm saying a film is shit. And they're like, yeah, but you're just not meant meant to think about it. Like, no, no, a film. I cannot think about a film when it's good. Like I, you know, you I didn't, didn't think have about to, this film. I didn't have to think much. I'm like this is good. I'm not being jarred by people saying dumb shit or doing dumb shit or you know nothing it, as, making as sense. As much as the dumb shit of costumes in this film, like as 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 far yeah. as that went over the line. But that's just the world just, of the film. Yeah, it was just it was fine. It, it's just that look, this is the world you're in. So and these are the rules of this world. So deal with that. I'm like, okay, like as if you're watching a science fiction movie. <laughs> you know, it had science fiction movie rules. And for me, like you said, halfway through, I feel like you're watching The Fifth Element. Like, mm. If you're watching a science fiction movie, you just accept what it says its rules are, and you go with it. And I cared about the characters. I wanted Robin to get what he was trying to get. Mm-hmm. I wanted Jamie Fox to get what he was trying to get. You know, I wanted Maid Marion to get what she wanted, and I Robin. wanted. That Robin Dick. She wanted to... She wanted that. I like that they call him Rob, too. Rob. That's so good. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm on board. <laughs> yeah, so... I wanted it to be Robbie. It's a... Robbie God Hood. damned 8 out of 10. Yeah, it is. It's a good movie. It's a good film. Robbie Hood. And they're not going to make any more of them. Oh, but the maybe... Well, he's not doing Kingsman now, so he's available. You know, on this, on a similar note, you know what I watched recently? Because I had a weird, just craving for it. Like, the film just popped into my head out of nowhere. Warcraft. Why did you watch that, Sam? It's a good film. Oh, you're so wrong. I loved it. Okay, so, <laughs> it's nowhere, it's not like, I say, Robin Hood, legitimately a good film. Warcraft, it's not good. But it's not good. It's not fun. I enjoyed it. It's so terrible. I enjoyed watch. Uh, I enjoyed the animations of the orcs and everything. Yeah, it looks real pretty. Yeah, it's a stupid movie. Why? What's stupid about it? Everything. It's paced, expand on that it's point. It's paced stupidly. They make stupid decisions. The battle happens at the wrong like. Like it's not right. And like I've never played Warcraft, and maybe this is the story I don't know of the anything first about little Warcraft. thing about Warcraft. Maybe that's fine. I love the orcs. I love that they're like refugees. That's real cool. Yeah. And I like that this guy changes sides to support them. Complex but motivations. Not enough of it. Enough of what? Of him having like to fight against his people to support these guys. Yeah, that's true. And he dies at a weird moment as well. Him Warcraft, dying. Warcraft spoilers. Spoilers for Warcraft. Him dying in general. Yeah, yeah. My no. voice got really high pitched. I did not like that. Movie. You care about this. It was not good. And like I wanted it to be good, even though I've never played the game. I like I like I like the idea I'm... that video game movies can be good. It had a lot of yeah, well, it had a lot, a lot of just visuals in it, which I just found very exciting. I think that's the only thing that's good about the film, is that yeah. it looks well, pretty. It's got good visuals, and it's got the good, like, bones of a story, you know, like, yeah. with old mate realising that his guys are going the wrong way and trying mm. to overcome it. And I, I really enjoyed 
the way they just uh, so much of it is just an animated film basically it's an mm. animation and I enjoyed watching all of those animations um, yeah there's big parts of it that are really bad I'm going to backtrack on saying it's a good film but but there's, you enjoyed there's it. a lot more in it to enjoy than I would have anticipated had you seen it before no okay. I just pulled it up um, it, I feel the weirdest thing about Warcraft is they've decided that every character is going to be about 30 yeah. All the act, including characters who definitely should be older like the magician and the king played by Ben Foster and Dominic <laughs> Cooper yeah. why is everyone 30 years old in this universe um, I like but then at the end where the king, the king asks the green chick to kill him because that's the only way there's some good moments in there and they set it up for a sequel that also isn't going to happen but I, I'd have watched that I, I, I watch a lot of stuff and would watch a lot of stuff but it, yeah I'm glad his, that you. I'm his, glad that you his, have that opinion. Of his that son film. gets Moses down the river, and he's gonna and he's gonna get raised by humans in the next one. That'll be that'll be a great story. It is pretty cool. Not great, but pretty cool. Bad stuff happens to the characters. Yeah. The main bad yeah. guy. The yeah. main good guy. His son gets killed halfway through. It's yeah. Good. It had the capacity to be good. Good bones. Yeah. Good, it, had, it had a frame. Good lower, good good jaw, good lower teeth. <laughs> what? Um, orcs have big. Teeth. Can you can you think of a video game movie? No. That is good. No. I think I was actually searching that afterwards. Are there any that? And why are none of them good? This is hard for me to say because I don't play video games, so I'm not of this world. I'm. A lot of the video game movies appreciate have them, this but... thing where they have their story and their, their culmination fight. They film it as though you're playing the video game. Like right. Doom, starring like that. Um, The Rock, when he was still called The Rock. Um, and Carl Urban, I think, is in Doom. Yeah. Uh, in Doom, they, all of the story happens, and then at the end, he takes his little shot and becomes the Doom guy... And then we get POV as he shoots everybody down. And that's the culmination battle scene is, okay, we're in his head like this. Oh, we're playing the video game. Cool. Mm. Max Payne. Mark Wahlberg. Oh, yeah? Not a great movie. Good video game movie. Because mm-hmm. it's different. I mean, I say this not knowing anything about video games, but I imagine the kind of story which it is enjoyable to play through as a game is a very different to the kind of story that's enjoyable to watch as well, a movie. Surely. These days, a lot of a lot of video games are very, very, very cinematic and really well written. But I they get have that. so much content. Well, yeah. To make it into a film, so that's what I hated about the Tomb Raider movie earlier this year, is that casting was perfect. The storyline mm. from the video game is very translatable to a film. They chose to tell the wrong story. Like, they took the wrong bits out of the game mm-hmm. to put onto screen, and they just made it, and it was, it was terrible. Like, it could, have been, wow. it could have been great. Like, she's perfect for the role. Everyone in the film is, like, really great, but they... Got Wally Goggs. They took the wrong things to make their movie, and it, it, it saddened me. To me, I understand that video games are very sort of cinematic in terms of the way they're presented, in terms of the thematic depth of the content. Mm-hmm. But I 
does the imagined the kind of thing you want to sit and play for hours and hours doesn't translate into it has the ability a two-hour story that Tomb Raider story has the ability to become we can have a discussion about this at Maybe. some stage but like out of out of many games that I have played that story is very translatable to film to set up a nice origin for a Lara Croft character like she gets stranded on an island no backstory she gets stranded like open up with a big storm boat crashes she's on this island and she has to fight for herself there are natives there are people who've been stranded here there are villains indigenous people there's um, supernatural elements which is what you need from a Tomb Raider thing and like that's the thing that they didn't bring across to the movie as any supernatural elements and even even the Angelina Jolie ones had a little bit of the supernatural stuff which is very very trademark for the game like she fights against ancient beings all the time right. whereas she still fights against people because there are bad guys in the world um, and so like the game is written in such a way that all of this happens you could take that into the film it's not difficult to do that just have less of certain things and more of other things it should have been a her, her own fight for survival against the elements and then it turns out that she's also fighting against things and it, like it's possible you can do it they just didn't do it it's fine video games I'm actually struggling to think well, of one that does well but no it's fine Robin Hood uh, 8 out of 10 yeah 8 out of 10 to close why I know we want to see him mm-hmm. but why don't people want to watch Robin Hood or King Arthur movies Guy Ritchie's King Arthur. Guy Ritchie's King Arthur was it was a bad a, film. It was not good. Like like I like Guy Ritchie films because Sherlock Holmes. Oh yeah, great film. Sherlock Holmes was great. Great film. Second one less good but still great. Big Guy Ritchie fan. When's the third one gonna come out? Yeah, I would like that. Um, like that's real good and it it that his his aesthetic and his feel for films really really worked with Sherlock Holmes. Like it changed the story a little bit. Mm-hmm. And like it changed the characters from what people expected, but it just really, really worked. Not and that like, much. Well, a little bit. Little bits, but they're still very like, much super, super. Like he made it like more action packed. Sure. Which is what you wanted. But and he that's does what we got. bare knuckle boxing in the book. He does, so. but it's not action packed. Sure. It's just he's a dude who punches. Yeah. Um, so they're sort of cerebral. Yeah. Um, I think that that was the thing that didn't translate as much to King Arthur is that they made this awesome um, like chase scenes and stuff that were very Guy Ritchie and like there was the fighting that was very Guy Ritchie but then when they tried to put all of the other stuff over the top I think he just bit off more than he could chew. It was very tonally inconsistent Yeah, that King Arthur. Was, I, think, I think we don't really know I don't think we need a King Arthur film. I don't think we know how we feel about that period of history at the moment. Yeah. Film set in medieval because there was the one version of it which is your Richard Gere first nights, your Kevin Costner's um, Prince of Thieves mm. kind of romanticized the very version. 90s version. Kind of, there's, yeah, there's your 90s version. Then which it's like, like we didn't really know Mills what we were and doing. Boone. Yeah. Yeah. And then Base, and but then but now we're in a Game of Thrones world, you know. Yeah. Game of Thrones flipped that table, nearly you know what eight years ago, and 
I don't think people making medieval movies have really understood that yet. You know? Yeah. Well, since... We're still getting these very stylized, heightened, extreme versions, which, for my money, worked in this it film. It worked in this film, but it didn't work in King well, Arthur. It didn't work in that. And I feel like they've kind of threaded a needle with this movie in terms of getting it to work. I think um, that's just because that's got to be a lot to do with writing. Everything's just worked for this film. Yeah, it's all, it's all, it's all come together. But I feel like there's other... You could think, oh, let's do a really dark and gritty, you know, medieval England or medieval Europe story. But there's a way in which we kind of don't want to watch that, even though we've all bought in so hard with See, Game I of would, Thrones. I would watch it if it was done, like, as a horror, as something scary. Like, did you watch that Seventh Son movie? No. There are, I think it's Jeff Bridges and Jay Baruchel or whatever. Um, and it's it's a movie about magicians in medieval times and like magic and stuff and they have to fight monsters and I'm like mm-hmm. that would make a really good scary medieval film yeah. like hunting in the woods and like being hunted by creatures but they did it, it was yeah. it was it was made to be a family film yeah I think I think we don't know what to do with a that medieval film that doesn't contain fantasy elements because your stock standard Robin Hood story, there's no fantasy in it. It's a bloke with a bow and arrow. And if you show what that would have actually looked like in the time, It'd a bloke with boring. a bow and arrow, it's probably going to be kind of dull. So the action sequences in that time period only get to a height that we want from our movies when it's a battle sequence, which is kind of what they tried to do with the 2010 make, Robin Hood. If you make the Princess Bride now, no one's going to watch it. Like, because it's just mm. swashbuckling sword fights. That's yeah. it. That's why Pirates of the Caribbean works so well, is because they had their swashbuckling sword fights, but so much going else going on. And just putting it at sea just yeah. elevates the whole it thing. It just, and that's, and like the fantasy elements for those films just really, really raise the bar mm. for pirate films. Like, you can't watch a pirate film now because yeah. of those, those, those things exist. Yeah. So. Maybe that's, that's why maybe Lord of the Rings has ruined that for medieval films too. That's why we're just going to keep trying to reboot parts of the Caribbean for the next twenty years. Apparently, Johnny Depp's not in the next one. I know. Is that's what everyone has been clamouring for? Is a, another Pirates of the Caribbean movie, but without the only thing that's been any good about the last two, even though that thing itself was also not good because we're all bored of it. Yeah. Sorry, Brenton Thwaites, good friend, who was in the latest parts of the Caribbean movie. You're great, and it sounds like the DC Titans show is going down a treat. Everyone loves it. But, yeah, Pirates needs to stop. <laughs> I love the first Pirates movie. We, are, we fir- are getting on tangents right now, but I'm happy about it. Well, we've run out of stuff to talk about, so the now first, we're just free The form. first Pirates of the Caribbean is one of my favourite films. I will sign off on the first three. See, the other two are good, but yeah. I don't rate them as high as sure. the first one. But the first three, again, in my head canon, there's the first three pirates, mm-hmm. and then Tom Hollander gets blown up, and we all go home. <laughs> and it's great. And But, like... Okay, pirate spoilers. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> what happens to Orlando Bloom and Kira Knightley happens. It's very sad and, and, and emotional and impactful. But they have closure anyway. And it has closure... Jack Sparrow is Jack Sparrow and then we move on I think those three are fully justified and hold up there's three movies of juice in that idea one of my favourite things about that is they wrote the first one as a standalone film 
and then it made Back so when much people money. Did that. So much money, like we could write sequels. So they just watched it a fuck ton of times and took little elements from it. Like we could bring that back later. That could be foreshadowing too. And then they wrote some films that fit in really well. Yeah, that made me so happy. Like just well, the little yeah. bits that they kept out. And it, for me, watching it doesn't feel tacked on. The first three are no, because they did so well. They were the a tripod. They all hold each other up, and they and everything. Well, you can watch the first one on its own, but you can't watch the yeah. second or third ones without watching the first one. Yeah. And I think that's really, really cool. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah. But there are there are there are story elements in four and five that are cool, and like things that they do, are fun. There's there's bits. Like I like that they're still like mermaids. Shit, yeah, do that shit. I don't like that um, they tack on a random priest and mermaid to fall in love in a film. Yeah. Not- that. Ian McShane, good choice. Such a good choice. You know, he fits in that universe very well. Um, Javier Bardem, good choice, fits in the universe very well. But just good none of it ever. Bardem, none of it comes to anything. And for me, all you can do with a new Pirates film is further dilute the power and impact of the first three. Yeah, unless it's good. No, even if it's good. What if no? What if it's good though? What if it it's good? Matter. What if it makes it? What if the third one? They do the For whole me, thing and they've made these can't. two into a trilogy. And then it's like, oh, wait, all that happened in the fourth <laughs> one. Nobody liked the fourth one, but that meant something. <gasps> He's immortal now. It can't just oh, mean Brenton something Brenton Thwaites is still in this. <laughs> nah, man, he'll be too busy doing the second series of his Golden Globe winning series, Titans. Has it won awards and stuff? Uh, well, no, not yet. It's only just come out. But people are loving it. That's cool. Yeah. Everyone, everyone was ready to hate it. And everyone is frothing for it. Cool. But we can't watch it because we don't subscribe to the DC streaming service. Because we're in Australia and yes. we can't subscribe to the DC. Are we going to be able to do the Disney streaming service? Oh God, I hope so. I because because I want I want desperately to watch a lot that's, of movies. Um, well, yeah, and also that's why they've cancelled all their Netflix mm. stuff. And Daredevil's gone. Yeah. What? So they can make their Loki series starring Tom Hiddleston. That's coming, friend. I know. I, I've seen. I don't understand. I don't understand how you can. But it's fine. I'll, I will watch it. I guess. I will rewatch Hannah Montana when I the f- Disney thing. I feel happens. like Loki is a great character, but he's already been played out in the movies. It'll be a prequel. And well, well yeah, he's dead. Okay, spoilers for the first scene of Infinity War. <laughs> It'll, of course, it's a prequel. Well, we don't know if he's actually dead. Oh yeah, because it's a Marvel movie. Yeah, Avengers Four. It's a Marvel movie. But, like, you know... It, yeah, but they, they break the fact that he's not really dead in the TV show. <laughs> that's the first time you learn of it. <laughs> well, that's what they did with Phil. Yeah. I feel like that stuff could all really fail. These prestige Marvel shows that they're trying to do on their Disney streaming service. Like, it's... Like, the movies are fantastic. The goodwill is not that bottomless. Daredevil is fantastic. Yeah. I don't I don't understand cancelling it unless they pick it up again. It's just yeah. Well like or if they pick up the four characters. I just don't think they want to have their money going into Netflix. They want Disney to be Disney. Yeah, so which is fine. All until Disney buys Netflix. All roads of money need to lead into Disney. So all all roads of money do lead into Disney. Seen the trailer for the Lion King? I did. I love the shot for shot. It's the only way to do it. You, well, like, it's, it's clearly They should be... just use the recordings of the actors from the first <laughs> one. I don't know why they've recast it. Um, I think it'll be, a, it'll be different. Like, it'll have a different feel, obviously. Um, and it'll be, like, 
a little bit more visceral and like which is you know yeah. it'll be more more adult but I love that the first viewing we get to see of any of it is a shot for shot like mm-hmm. so it's like you're they're, they're allowing you into their new world they're trying to by get, just showing you what they did they're trying like, to get you to trust them yeah That's and it. I like that yeah I my my gut reaction to the trailer was this rendering of something like Pride Rock to my eyes looks smaller than the 2D animation version yeah somehow seeing a a sort of photorealistic version looks less impressive (laughs) some of the shots of all of the animals coming together looked more impressive but then the Mm. big sort of panoramic shots are like well that's just a picture of Africa that's just that's just a safari it doesn't give it the yeah but who knows who knows I want to know what they do with the songs yeah and I want to know what they do with the songs in Aladdin I'm interested to see because a photorealistic animal's face cannot emote as well as a Singing. Disney animation mm. face. You but know? like that's what or the big the big watery human eyes they put on everything. Um, you're not going to have the um have the Jungle Book eyes. movie when they I did need the to song. see that. I never saw that. Okay. I need to see that. Um, too. Christopher as Walken Christopher plays Walken. plays the king King Louis, yeah. who is a terrifying monkey and they have there's that Just awesome song um, I want to be like you yeah, like you yep stop talking like that yeah, it's this watch five years of this Pineapple uh, um, in uh, in the Jungle Book movie he is a giant orangutan and it is terrifying Ooh. like like actually terrifying and like that's really because they take they like it's not a musical there are still songs but they're mostly spoken Okay. And like Bill Murray does not sing as Baloo. He just like he has his. I his think little... that's a very wise choice. He has his little groove. Okay. Which in is our cool. musical, we've cast Bill Murray and Christopher Walken. So there's not going to be a lot of singing in this one. <laughs> all right. Christopher Walken can sing. You all like beat poems? Be a lot of beat you poems. Go, you got. You got to get them. You gon' get some. You gon' to get. <laughs> that's what's. <laughs> I mean, that's what established Disney's, the foundation of Disney's empire, beat poetry, spoken word poetry. So that's, that's the only thing I'm scared about in yeah. the new Lion King is the song. Yeah. In Aladdin, I'm excited for it. I want to know what Will Smith does with that. Yeah. Because yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not... I'm, I'm, it's the I'm, unplayable part. I'm expecting it to be rapped. Because Will Smith is a very good rapper, yeah. he's a good singer. Sure, yeah. But I'm expecting, I'm expecting it's just that to again, happen. You know, it's not a character I want to see done again. It's a movie I want to see live action. I, well, I, well, only if Robin Williams is in it. Exactly. Well, he can't be Robin Williams I as want, the genie. Like if Will Smith Robin looks Williams. like the genie. Like Will Smith could play the genie. Well, Shirtless, yeah. muscular, bald. Blue Will Smith. Blue Will Smith. Big ears. Yeah. I would watch it. I will watch it. We're going to watch it, and the listeners are going to hear about it. Oh! <laughs> All right. For well, now. Thank you, listeners, who made it this far. Uh, this was a pretty long one. <laughs> um, but, you know, a I'm twist, glad, a surprise. I'm, I'm glad we talked about Robin Hood for the entire time. A film we were ready to hate. And we didn't. And, I, you know, this just shows that we're not just a couple of negative Nancys <laughs> getting on here every week and thinking we're so smart because we hate stuff. If a film's good, we're going to say it's good. This film is good. Robin Hood, directed by Otto Bathurst. Otto Oxenius. Starring Taron 
Engelbert. Taron Eggs Benedict. Is good film. Yes. Film good. Film hashtag recommended. Um, see it. Yeah, see it. Give them money so they make another one. I want another one. Give these people money. They deserve it. <laughs> They've worked hard. If you like colour in films and you're sick of watching, you know, every, things where everything's beige. If you like Robin Hood movies that have less trees than all the other Robin Hood movies. <laughs> if, you, if you like Robin Hood movies set during the Industrial Revolution. <laughs> if you like Robin Hood movies that are basically all set in King's Landing. Yeah. With no blood. But with lots of, like, Hunger Games costumes. <laughs> Go see this film. You seen that last Star Wars movie? Did you hate it? Go see Robin Hood. <laughs> uh, makes, plot makes more sense than the last Star Wars. Anyway. Solo was fine. The last Jedi was not. Oh, okay, next episode. Oh, we, we haven't talked about Solo yet, have we? We never even did it. Cool, 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 no. cool, cool. Next episode, Solo. Alright. Probably not. Probably something else. Probably Aquaman. Aquaman comes out soon. Might but so does like a lot of films. I want to see The Nutcracker. I want to see The Grinch. Well, we've got to do our Christmas special. We do. The Grinch. And yeah. The Nutcracker. And our Netflix Nut- Christmas specials. Nutcracker was out. Yeah, I know. So is The Grinch. I don't know. I don't want to see... I want to see both of them. Ne- join us next time when you will find out which film Isaac convinced me to see. <laughs> Bye. Bye.